0: Welcome to another edition of the Grizzden Pod. This is Will. I'm recording this intro actually from the Memphis International Airport and heading overseas to do some scouting for the 2023 draft. But I wanted to intro this uh, podcast, which is a live NBA draft reactions. We had the mic set up while the draft was going on. And uh, you're going to hear us, the raw reactions. We started off the pod previewing as the draft was just kicking off. So you'll hear our thoughts on... And predictions on what we thought was going to happen and then the second section we the audio got cut off a little bit but the grizzlies made a trade from 22 from their 22nd and 29th picks up to 19 to take jake laravia you'll hear our reaction and then in the midst of that recording the uh the D'Anthony melton trade happened so you are really going to hear our live reactions there the third section is us after a little bit of time to decompress uh we gave our more balanced reactions. And then the last section, Kraft was not able to join us, but he sent in his thoughts. And so I hope you enjoy all of that. We've got it covered from all angles. And we will talk to you all next time about free agency. Draft edition of the Grizz Den Pod. We know that if you're listening to this right now, the draft has already happened. You know what happened. We don't. We're sitting here, and the Orlando Magic are on the clock, and there's been some crazy reporting that that Paolo might be jumping into the number one spot, but we'll see that in a second. But we're going to focus on the Grizz right now. Guys, quickly, what would be uh, best-case scenario for the Grizzlies coming out of draft night
1: for you? I just think you know making a good pick is just easy money at this point.
0: Just easy money. It's easy well, that's money. just the assumption now. Huh? You know? Huh? We're climbing right? Easy money, huh? Easy
2: money. <laughs> I think I would. I kind of hope we have some sort of consolidation and uh, upside pick. That's we're what I want.
0: On, we're chomping on some marks right now. If you can't, hear. I would
2: be sort of disappointed if we're just if if we just ended with the two picks that we have. Yeah, if and we, no move happened to move us to bump us up. So too
1: much smoke for there not to be a little fire. Um, and if there's not a fire, then I'm gonna be pretty bummed at this point.
0: Who in the let's just theoretically say the Grizzlies end up getting a pick in the teens, which if I had to predict, that's what I would predict. Who would y'all want to target if you could have like one one guy you end up with? I know I have mine.
1: Um, so two guys that a lot of Grizzlies people have talked about and I'll, I'll second what they think it depends on how we on how high we get, but I think Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor would be awesome yeah. um he's like a six nine seven foot wingspan just pretty good athlete, really really good defender um does a lot with the ball can't really shoot he kind of reminds me like a little bit of Ben Simmons, who like tries um important. Ashters. Not obviously not near as good, or he'd be like top five in this draft. Right. He said he's like around 10, ten, eleven. Um, but I think he could be really good. And then um, Tari Eason is a lot of people who they've mentioned out of LSU. Yeah, uh, some person referred to him like when he drives down the lane, he's just like a bull in a bo- like bull in a china shop. He's just like bodying people up, getting to the rim. His like steal and block rate, I think, led the country by like over two percentage points. It just shows you, like, he's really active all the time, and I think he would be fun on our defense, switchable, all that kind of stuff.
0: My guy's Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. He's a six-six wing and can just, I mean, he's a 3 and D who can also create. And if I had to go through, like, my top two of Grizzlies team needs, it would be secondary self-creation and size with shooting. Um, so, anyway, uh, pick is in for the Magic, and it seems like they're going to go with Paolo.
1: According to Twitter. Wild. That is kind of crazy. So if you I wonder what I wonder if this I mean, I don't know why I'm even saying this because it's a pod that people are gonna listen to afterward. But it'd be really interesting to see if this shakes anything up. Exactly. But the, back to Griscentric, Centric, obviously. Yeah. Um, I got a question for y'all. If we do move up, would either of y'all how would y'all feel about taking um one of the, the two top bigs in the in the class, as in Jalen Duran and Mark Williams? What are y'all's thoughts there? If we move up to like 13 14 range, and they're still there.
0: I don't love taking uh, a center that high. I just feel like, I mean, not that they couldn't help, but to me, it's like if you're going to take them that high, then you got to have a plan to move off of Adams at that point because he can't, you can't have that many centers on your roster. Yeah. And I would rather take a swing with a wing. Oh, wow. Paolo, yep, confirmed. So we'll say Adams
1: is um, expiring contract this next year. Yeah. so trade ship big time and also like you know it, Adam seems content with whatever role his looks like moving forward yeah um, Brantley what do you think I'm just curious and honestly the big question is like with Jaron on the team obviously yeah. like
2: uh, I just want to use our picks for playmaking I haven't moved off of that I have also done the same amount of research on this draft <laughs> other than listening to podcasts as I did before our draft podcast <laughs> Yeah. which is very minimal. Well, it's also not I – just, I just don't – I just – When I'm watching the finals and even, like, our series, like, the bigs aren't – Like, we're doing stuff to try to, like, I think, make fringe moves to make us truly better in playoff series. And I'm not – I just don't think that – Let's just say that even two years from now, I don't necessarily know if a big helps us there. Yeah. Personally. Unless if it opens up salary to – play a different type of – get a different type of playmaker. Well, I think uh, – Can we react to this? I think this is kind of crazy.
1: Uh, yeah. He's hey, been, like, he's been three in all mocks for Pull up Orlando's
2: – like, let's do a rapid reaction here. Like, Orlando has lots of forwards. Are I they do. becoming the kings of the East? Well, I wonder
1: what number Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bomber are going to wear for the Grizz this upcoming year. <laughs> well, I, I do think it's crazy because – I was,
0: after just listening to a lot of people who were a lot smarter than than I am about this stuff, it was kind of surprising to see a guy like Jabari basically be the presumptive number one, just with the lack of his uh, mainly, like, ball skills. He could shoot over anybody, and he was super athletic and was good on defense, but it seemed like that one skill, to me, would have been enough to potentially— shake it up with Paolo being the guy who can handle, and he was basically yeah. the number one option. Uh, I mean, so was Jabari, but he was very dependent upon other guys. Jabari, or Paolo is a guy who can just run your offense by himself, and you run th- things through him. Um, it is kind of crazy, though, just from the reporting standpoint. I thought that this whole thing, like with the Vegas odds, it went to like minus 1,000 for Jabari earlier today, uh, and I don't know. We're, I'm interested to hear kind of what happened with Orlando one thing Grizz-centric real quick i could see any of washington new york okc charlotte or cleveland uh, moving out of their picks and their picks 10 through 15 yep so I, yeah 10 11 12
1: 13 14 15 14 15 cuz charlotte, charlotte has, has the 13 two. And you're 15. you're
0: right yep so those are things i'm keeping an eye on it just seems very like i don't know i could see trades with all those all those teams
2: and i will say this we've sort of the past 2 years we've come in i think national media has hyped draft day as a like, there's going to be a lot of movement been a lot of stuff happening that has not been the storyline for this draft. It's been about really the top three versus maybe like major movement. So it'll be sort of interesting. Like there may not be, there's maybe there's no drama to be expected. Um, and that's why they're backing off of it. That was one thing that I we hadn't even had a chance to talk about. I thought was sort of interesting where I at least maybe I'm just not paying attention to the right circles, but I had not heard as much of man, this draft is going to be nuts. Like I feel like I'd heard in pre, in the previous 2 years. Would y'all agree with that sentiment? Well, my
0: question Call me out if I'm wrong. Well, my question is is it different if you're a team that has a pick already in that in the lottery, you know? Cuz it's like to me our the conversation around our pick, if it was in the lottery, would we there'd be so much more chatter. Like we all three would have very formed opinions on who we like and don't like in the top fifteen. If you're in the twenties, it's just really hard to like get excited about anything because it's so unpredictable. And who, who knows who's going to be down there? So like, yeah. why spend so much time just chattering on and on about like options when you potentially. I
1: don't know, and you don't know where we're gonna be. Like that's, I kind of thought about that today. I was like, I've only looked at guys mocked like basically sixteen and on, but I was like, man, should I start looking into these guys mocked at like nine, ten, and eleven? Yeah. Just and that's why I threw out the Durin thing to begin with because I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, that's true. All well, right, real quick, last thing. What yeah. do y'all think is gonna happen? Prediction for Let's the Grizz. It. Yeah, the Grizz only. I think we Grizz-centric. Tra- I think we
0: trade up into the teens. Okay. I think it's it could be uh, New York. Uh it could be New York or Charlotte. Okay. Uh, those are the two I feel the best about. Yeah. Um I would not mind for the record having a Gordon Hayward potential mm. uh trade there. Sure. I know that there's PTSD with the Parsons thing, uh with with Hayward. Hayward, I just do believe in our ability to potentially get off his money next season. Um if we if everything goes wrong and he doesn't play a game for us, then he's still a big expiring contract to match salary when it's time to potentially make a really big move. I think there's an argument to be made that this season we're still building because uh, we're so young. So
2: I don't know. Second pick is now in. I don't have i i I just have a non prediction. <laughs> I have a what my heart will say. I just will be mad if we don't have movement. Not mad. I will be like disappointed because I just really think we should have. And i I can't wait to grow dislike for shit. Please call he him just, Shet. Please, please call just, him Shet forever. Shet Holmgrin. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm mispronouncing his name on purpose. I his just, dad has a
0: video camera, like a handheld video dad. camera. Legendary He's going to be perfect in Oklahoma City. Uh, They're
2: becoming like Utah Jazz of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's going to be interesting to the watch Caucasian
2: invasion. That's right, baby.
0: Yeah. My prediction is we end up in the teens. I could look wrong. And we're sitting around here for a couple hours waiting for the Grizzlies to pick in the twenties. Uh, Todd, do
2: you weigh more than Shet?
1: <laughs> Almost. <missed.
2: laughs> he weighs like a buck 95. I
1: know. That, if you think I weigh that much, then that this conversation needs to be I weigh more than shit.
0: There. All right, here's the last thing I'll Will's say. like, stay on track. Here's the last thing I'll say. Uh, the draft really does start at four. I'd be shocked if the Rockets didn't take Jabari, but I might be wrong here in just a few minutes. Uh, but the Kings have been the ones rumored to have like a bunch of calls coming their way. Not that it means anything, uh, but they are in a weird position to where there isn't a clear number four guy. Uh, it could be eye of the beholder, so who knows? That I'll, I'll, might jump on again and like literally. And that kind of
2: does feel like a domino. Like it feels like yeah. if it just if this stays chalk at f- like four through six, then it could just be another boring yeah chalk. Meaning like teams Everybody drafting their, that position, not necessarily what players go where. Right. I think there's volatile team.
1: I think the Knicks are a great example. The Kyrie buzz has made this like a little bit more volatile than it could have been because the Knicks are like. Back to old Nick things, being like, "Let's clear space, let's go get Kyrie, like he's coming to us." So I think the pick at ten, if we, I could see a team backing off some of their salary and giving up eleven to make the pick work. I'm gonna throw out my crazy prediction.
2: Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I've hey, already, Ty, do you I've have any predictions? You,
1: yeah, thanks, appreciate that. Was waiting on it. Um,
2: I didn't respond
1: back well. Yeah, I'm you sorry. Didn't at all. I thought we've been at this for a few years now, guys. Can Gosh, I- his suit is shit. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> all God, right, is he we got to get off here because this is interesting. But I'll say this. Y'all just say yay or nay or percentage likelihood it happens. Seven in Josh Hart. So pick seven, Portland, for Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, pick 22 in a top Let's say lottery protected future first from the Grizz. I'm
0: say, it happens. I'm gonna say less than ten percent chance. Okay. I think we value Dylan more than the a number seven pick.
2: Okay. I'm gonna say one. I, I oh, really okay. don't think I don't think they'll trade Dylan in the Western Conference. Gotcha. I, I think yeah, if we trade Dylan, it's like it's to the Wiz or it's to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant. Hey!
0: And Draft we'll see. Hey. The anything
1: is
2: possible.
0: If, okay. Motion to delete everything we just said if the Grizzlies end up with Kevin Durant tonight and just like start the pod at the top with, with just my, immediate with my quote. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Start yeah, yeah, with yeah. your quote with and predict- say when it was Look, and then we'll go right into it.
2: I didn't know that Ja was like tweeting out Durant's Instagram handle. Yeah. Like easy money. I mean, Good where's money. our where's our social correspondent to jump on and kind of give us the inside track? It's crazy.
0: All right, guys. Well, we'll be with you in just a few minutes. Hopefully, it's an active draft, and hopefully, we as end up with a player mad. that the Grizz could use. See you soon. It's been pretty inactive as far as trades go, except for the Jalen Duran uh, scuttlebutt that went on, but. The Grizzlies get Jake Luravia out of Wake Forest. He's 20 years old. Um, He is a forward 6'8", 235 from Indianapolis. Averaged 14.5 points, 6.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists at Wake Forest. Shot 38% from three. This is not necessarily what we were expecting. Um, We had each had some guys that we... We're talking about not only in the what we just recorded, but also as we were watching the draft, and they just kept dropping like flies. And uh, Daylon Terry was a guy that we were all pretty excited about. We didn't know how long he was going to last, and then he was taken at 18 by Chicago. So after that, there, wa- there wasn't really anybody that we had targeted um, on our uh, respective boards, and here we are. We traded the 22 and 29th pick for Jake LaRavia. Uh, Ty, we'll start with you. When the pick came through, what were your initial thoughts?
1: I was pretty bummed. Yep. I... uh So,
2: to preface this... Todd may or may not be crying right now.
1: Everyone knew the pick before I did. Everyone had checked the Twitter before I did, and I decided to just real-time it. Um, And everyone's reaction in here was kind of like, ooh, that's a little surprising. So, I immediately didn't feel great. And then... I don't think Jake LaRavia is like a bad prospect. I think he's a fine pick. What I don't get is trading up to get him. Um, I feel like he could have been there at 22. And even if he wasn't there at 22, I feel like there were guys that, honestly, I'd rather have at 22. Blake Wesley is a guy that comes to mind. Um, it just kind of fits what I wanted us to have a little bit better. Uh, you kind of read off some stuff about, La Ravia. I didn't do like a ton of prep on him. I just, he's just, he's not like a great athlete. Um, he's, he looks pretty slow moving. Hey, get this.
0: Ringer draft guide, the shades of. Let's hear it. Kyle Anderson. There you
1: go. We're just like looking for a bunch of like non athletic guys who just kind of slowly move around the court, I guess. Um, he can I don't shoot, know. though. Yeah, he That's can shoot. Thing. He I think can it's, shoot.
0: He's a playmaker. Um, he's just not exactly the type of guy that we were thinking the Grizzlies would target.
1: Especially trading up for, I think, is the biggest thing. So the the trade was 22 and 29 for 19. So we moved up three spots and gave up the 29th pick, which I just don't think is a great thing. Apparently, we did get a second-round pick back. Um, I don't know what that really means, but I I was really surprised because I feel like we really value the 29th pick because we've moved up two years in a row to get 30, as in that's what we did with Bain, and that's also what we did with Santi. To me, another thing about this, LaRavia and Santi, like what's the huge difference in those guys? They're both kind of like non-athletic stretch fours who can theoretically shoot and handle and playmake a little bit. Uh, I feel like there's just some overlap there. Um, well,
0: the I guess the difference is, is, like, Aldama's like a 6'11", potentially stretch five, and is going to be more of like a three slash four.
1: But, I mean, they are. I just feel like defensively, they, like, can't, like, they're not very switchable. They're not very versatile on defense. They can just kind of guard, hopefully, their one position and then kind of stay on the court with their offense. I don't know. It just doesn't really, I'm not, it doesn't like excite me. I'll well, stop there. I
0: think the other thing too is that when you go into a draft with expectations of the Grizzlies making calls to the Kings about the fourth pick, you don't necessarily have, when you when you have that as your like anchoring thought, anything below kind of this threshold of players when you trade up for them is going to be disappointing. And I think that's what we're experiencing right now. I think that I honestly would have loved to potentially even give up a player on our roster in order to get higher in the draft in addition to our picks. And I think that's like all the trades that we were thinking about involved that. Um, And, I mean, yeah, you could theoretically package 22 and 29. I didn't think it was going to get you any higher than 19 like it did. But um, I don't know. And the other part of it, too, that I'm kind of, um, I don't know, I guess this front office is innocent until proven guilty, if you will. I mean, who knows how Laravia is going to be. But at the end of the day, like any draft pick after a certain number, the the hit rate is very low. So it's like, um, you know, maybe we would have wanted somebody that was a little bit more of a home run swing than Laravia. He just seems like kind of a safe is going to be, you know, he's going to fit into an offense. He's not going to do anything crazy spectacular, but he's also not going to kill you. Um, who knows? I haven't watched anything on him,
2: so they must clearly just value the role type that Kyle was filling. <laughs> I think this sort of seems, assuming that <clears throat> he's on the active roster, which you would imagine he would be, be getting pick twenty-two. That means that Kyle's moving off.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and
2: I think that, you know, th- there are a couple people doing the quick math saying like, assuming you move off Kyle and Tyus. You have 21 million in cap space. Side note that's sort of interesting there were some like weird fake news things happening with his age.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That was Where weird. Where he was getting
2: picked Lord. up. He was age 22, but he's really 20. And he had so to weird. convince NBA scouts that he was really 20. <laughs> and evidently, when scouts started f- figuring out his age, he kind of started soaring back up into different levels in the draft. That was like a weird thing that Barstool reported. I don't know. This is just kind of like a you know. let's it, read It's not very sexy. It's hard to it's hard to decide. Let's decipher. read
0: his this, let's just read his report, okay? Uh pluses. Plays his role at a high level. He's a savvy cutter off ball who uses ball fakes to finish inside. On the break, he runs the floor hard to the corners. Selfless passer who makes the ball flow anytime he's on the floor. With his blend of size, cutting, and playmaking ability, he could be a major threat on the pick-and-pop or the short roll. If defense is switched, he also has the height and footwork to score from the post with hook shots and drop steps. Solid spot-up shooter who displays confidence. Hard-nosed on-ball defender with the versatility to defend multiple positions. Tie. He also has excellent off-ball awareness. His positioning and effort are enough. But he should improve athletically anyway once he's in an NBA strength and conditioning program. Minuses. Lacks a reliable jump shot off the dribble. He's not a primary shot creator at this stage. That's the one thing I'm bummed
1: about. Man, what that did was Brantley say? Thing. Literally, Brantley, what, what he was looking for was creation. He, so, yeah, yeah,
0: but like also at 20-whatever, 19, who knows. But his limitations as a ball handler can put him into precarious situations in the middle of the floor, forcing him into difficult passes. He shot a lower percentage off the catch during his sophomore season, which raises some questions about his success as a junior. He doesn't have ideal athleticism for a defensive wing. So there's the negatives. And we'll see. Here's my biggest question is, are you positioning yourself here at this point in the draft um, to have a guy who may not ever make it onto the floor in your season? You're just getting a guy who you know can fill a role that's a big wing, who we've said is like the least, you know, the most scarce resource right now in the NBA, and you have your sights set on free agency. And that's that's where we are. Like, are we destined now – for the foreseeable future to be late in the draft and to sort of have our expectations be really high. And now, you know, maybe that's not the answer anymore. We kind of got lucky with our Bane and BC picks later. And then now we're going to be sort of in this position where we're kind of getting what's left and we have to do best with what's left.
1: Interesting thought. Um, I'll say one thing that a friend, uh, Shout out David Haba just texted me. So, Wake Forest before they added LaRavia. Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We got a big trade right now to report. Okay. Breaking. Philadelphia Grizz? is trading the number 23 pick to Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. Sources tell ESPN. Wait. Consolidation. Wait. What? Philadelphia is trading 23 to Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. That's
1: it. Just 23 for Melton. That's it.
0: Uh... Kessler just got taken at twenty-two.
1: Great, get him all good. Don't want him. Can wow. I finish my thought? Dude, for, we just my opened friend, up David some space. Yes, we did open up space. Okay, so real quick, back to Laravia. No, that was Jacob. Kent. Interesting thought. <laughs> Wake Forest went six and sixteen, and then the year they added him, they went twenty-five and ten. I thought that was kind of interesting. Hey. Ty, look at you. Maybe he's just a winner.
0: Maybe he's a winner. Okay, guys, this is live right now. We got the number 23 pick is next. Just Melton. That's it. Melton, well, we're going to have to take some contract back. Is it Tybal? Someone Uh, said guessing this is
1: Blake Wesley. Guys,
0: y'all know how I feel about Blake Wesley. They said maybe Danny Green contract. Coming back, the
1: Grizzlies are targeting Colorado State's David Roddy at number David 23. David Roddy, what, <laughs> what hey. are we doing? Who's David Roddy? <laughs> Forward, He's six like
0: five. six five from Colorado State, super sized wing with shot creation skills.
1: There's our shot creation. Wow, I can't pod the rest of them. I'm done for DeAnthony Melton. I'm done. We just traded. No 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 Melton no, no. for David Roddy. Look, this is
2: this is about opening up space for free agency. I but think. David yeah. Roddy, pick c- someone better. How do you, you they may like him. This we, guy's like I We're know. not look these guys these aren't the guys that that Kleiman's talking about. We're we're getting more projects. These guys aren't help now. We just cleared space. Right? Yes. You with Melton with with now Anderson gone presumably Tyus. Also How much space is there? From
0: 20 till the end of the draft. Who knows? You never know. And the order is always wrong. Like, there's never, it
2: never goes in the order that you expect. Well, so, like, if we're getting Green back, I'm assuming that you would do a buyout with him potentially, but I guess his, so maybe he's not really opening up cap space. That's not going to help out that much. It's probably just matching salary. Yeah, it's probably
0: matching salary. So I'm wrong on that. Wow. David Roddy. Okay. Let's start reading up on David Roddy
1: here live. Yeah, because no one knows anything about it. Because he was projected to go in the forties.
2: Reactions. I'm down on it. We're no d- no 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 no. Melton gone. Like let's like That's the big story. It's a here. big story. Melton, like we knew he had to be gone. He was he the had most to be gone. likely
1: trade piece and But the, for David Roddy. It all goes back to like what do you get for the twenty three pick? You, this guy was well, projected to go like Mid to late 30s. Why did we just trade away Melton, who had some value still in the league for pick 23 to go get a guy who is projected to go like late 30s, early 40s? That's my big point. Like, why move up to get that guy? I hope in five years he's awesome. But I feel like there's a, you know, draft people these days are decently smart about what they're doing, and no one had him going in the first round. Not to mention trading up or trading Melton to get him at twenty three. I am. I am very pull interested. Up, pull up the David Roddy highlights. Twelve. He's Sorry. fine. Like he's. I got you. Okay, so this is what I heard about him earlier. He's like six six with like a, I think a seven plus, Danny seven green plus wingspan. Be... Um, what'd you say? It
2: is
0: green, Danny Green. It is okay.
1: Yep. So. We'll hear what Woj says.
0: I think. I think that. Look, Danny Green is. Uh, he's got less years, so this is his only year. We're clearing money for
2: the we're future. We're clearing money. This someone is said, up. "Yeah, we preparing this is setting up." That's what yes. I'm saying. But, the, the,
1: but why draft him though? That goes back to my point. Well, like, it could be like I get throw multiple, multiple space, at the wall, but like, why draft that guy? Throw
0: multiple six-six and above wings at the. Wall and see what sticks.
1: He's not a wing. He uh, he weighs two sixty. This guy's a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's a forward.
1: He's a six five center. Is what he is. Shades is of
0: Grant Williams.
1: Exactly. I don't want that.
0: All right. We're, we've got his highlights now on the screen.
1: I'm surprised they have any. I'm kind of kidding. Like he's probably good, but I just think like there's a he reason thick. he's thick. <laughs> he's thick. Oh, but he's got some. He's got some. But some I, guys, the point is we moved. We traded Melton to get to twenty three to get him.
0: That's the question we need to be asking: Is it is the Melton trade about this off season or is it about next off season?
1: Uh, again. I, Re- that like point doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, why draft that guy? Is my point. Like, I get the sure. move. I get freeing up the space makes a ton of sense. Hey, I have a question. Do you like? Jake? Do sense. you like
2: Jake? How man? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's fine. He's, he's like, this is the third year in a row that the Grizzlies pick all my guys. Well, I hope
1: he's right. <laughs>
0: All right, hold on. There might be some um, interesting details on the, on the, uh, oh, I don't think his, I don't think Danny Green's contract is guaranteed. Well, I guess we'd have to guarantee it in order to make They're it. They're saying
2: that we have to get enough of it just to make it work. Okay. I so think that's, that's about really more interesting. space is what I'm saying. That's really interesting. This is all about, there's other stuff in the works is what I think. It may not all yeah. happen tonight, and it may be even about next year. There's just more stuff in the works. Like, just keep going back to what Kleiman said in exit interviews. That's all I'm saying. And if Hollinger really thinks he was hearing interesting things happening, is he still plugged into our front office? I don't he's know. He's Gotta be. This was interesting. Wow. So, Danny Green's $10 million
1: contract salary. Yeah, that was for 2022, saying. 2023 season. It's we'll non guaranteed. Will become guaranteed while he recovers from his torn knee.
0: Yeah, no, he's not going to be on the roster.
1: All right, other, expand other on that, thing. Will. Expand on that. What well, do
0: you mean? We don't have enough roster spots for Danny Green. I think if we're going to so sign do we just these draft rookies. David
1: Roddy to just waive him in, in the preseason? No, 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 no. He'll be a two-way. But still. A two-way? We just drafted a two-way guy at 23? If it depends on how many
0: guys we keep. There could be a bigger or, trade. Or is like X out.
1: I hope I'm so wrong, but my gut feel. I might not be able to sleep tonight.
0: Let's look at the Grizzlies roster now. <laughs>
2: Dude, you're such a like up and down woo girl, man. Chill I
1: out. I know. I can't like, help
2: myself. Tell me one bad thing this front office has ever done in the draft. Name one. Santi trade
0: up is the only one right now that has the potential to be wrong, but we have no idea. So
1: okay, to bad, your point.
0: It's not bad. Bad.
1: It's no, not bad, but apparently thick. we yeah. we traded up for a guy that no one
2: really saw going that high.
1: Dude, you're thinking we checkers? were playing chess. Year. Maybe so. Maybe so. I'm just like, telling you how playing, I feel. Like,
2: three games of chess at the same time, I while you're also right. knowing every move on the ceiling. I hope this you're right. This is just like you can't. This is not Chris Wallace. Bleed me out. <laughs> this is not Chris Wallace. I was hoping not track. to edit tonight, Brantley. God. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: No, I, it's, really, it's really not. It's And this is, okay, here's the deal with the Grizzlies. We are showing that there is no, like, mock drafts do not matter. Like, for us, they do not matter.
1: We're going to take who we like. I get that mock drafts don't matter, but, I, again, back to my point, I feel like these guys do this 365 days a year. Like, these draft experts, maybe they don't hit on all of their prospects, but they feel they know the range that these guys are going to go in. Two years in a row, we have yeah, they do. They're up. like
2: Desmond Bain should go 30.
1: No, everyone had Bain at like 22 or 21. So I get moving up for a guy that fell. That makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is everyone has LaRavia going like late 20s, and we move up to 19 to get him. Everyone had Roddy going like mid-second round. We trade up to 23 and give up Melton, who is – I feel like has decent value to get him. Last year, we did the same thing with Santi. Yes, the book is still out on Santi. Also, you could argue we did the same thing with Zaire. Everyone was like, oh, they could have gotten him at 17. Why did they trade up and take back salary to get him at 10 when he could have been there at 17? This is my point. I don't necessarily like – the guys may work out. They both may be really good players. I'll have no idea. My my problem is that we we got them – we moved up to get them when we could have not given up the assets, is my point.
0: Sure. And you might be right. You might be right. I'm just very, I'm really interested to hear, or as more analysis comes out about this trade, how many teams did they call about D. Anthony Melton and just say, what is your best offer for Melton? Like, is there a chance that this was the best offer for Melton? Who knows? Wow. This was certainly an unexpected move. I I truly did think that the Grizzlies might be done after the Lauravia pick. Yeah, we still have a second rounder, too. Nimhard, please. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna decompress a little bit. May pop back on one more time. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. We've had a few <laughs> minutes to watch some video. We watched the tape. We uh read up some more tie, got some more thoughts out, but we just decided to turn the mics back on because but, we're just we're just tossing it around. We're basically podcasting without recording and we thought that was dumb if we have the Equipment in front of us. And, spoiler
2: alert, the guy who I said a second ago was just like, woo girl, up and down, volatile. Now, all of a sudden, has got the take of all takes about our boy Roddy. Go ahead, Ty. Okay,
1: I'm trying to spin this in a positive light. My positive light is we just drafted Draymond with a three-point shot.
0: (laughs) I mean, guys. That is
1: peak ceiling David. Six six seven yeah, but is that worth wingspan, trading Melton for? Two hundred sixty pounds. I said his utmost ceiling is Draymond with a with a three point shot. <laughs> I think that's absolute a pretty peak ceiling, high ceiling. I don't his think that's going to be is realistic. His not
0: in the league ever. I think his hundredth percentile is not Draymond. But we were watching some film on him, and he was the Mountain West Player of the Year, and had I mean, sneaky could ball. This dude. If you just go on YouTube, watch his crossover. He can distribute, he can shoot. He's a thick boy, but man, he is. I don't know. What do
2: you think his bench press is? What's the max? I mean, <laughs> what's the max? Just a billion of weight? Yeah. What's what is this the max anyone's press? ever done? I mean, like, how many times can he do two twenty five in the combine? Seventy five. I'm pretty Do you sure have had the numbers just, on this, or you just throwing it out? There? No, no, I'm just asking. Oh, I yeah, mean, this is
0: just for fun. A lot. They
1: probably lost count.
0: Yeah, but okay. Imp- <laughs> more importantly, this move does put the Grizzlies in a weird position because we were just commenting on Indeed. the fact that it puts tie. We also have in a weird position. Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark, Jake Laravia, and now David Roddy, all in this weird Did you say Santi. Sant- Santi's like a 6'11". Like, I see Still, Santi man, as like they're, a... they're all like forwards. You're right, you're right. They're not Just quite like Tilly? center-sized Tilly, too. So, we basically have this huge group of forwards who can play, you know, the four, maybe five and a pinch. Um, may, might not necessarily have the quickness uh, and playmaking to be threes, although Roddy does. Uh, but, I mean... are we going to see something happen with Tillman or Clark now that their extensions are going to be coming up in the next year? I mean, Clark right now is actually extension eligible. Um, But in the next year, do we see one of these guys just backfilling and we continue to capitalize on having um, this sort of tweener position being filled by someone on their rookie deal? I mean, that's interesting. And then Ty, you brought up another good point. Name the guards on our roster right now. There's two.
1: Yeah, it's a great... Yeah, it's we don't have any. Ja and Bain are our two, quote-unquote, guards. For sure, the guards right moving forward. Tyus? Unless you want to count Dylan as a guard, he's not. Zaire's not a guard. He, he's just not. Tyus is a free agent. He can go anywhere. So, that is interesting because I feel like when we were all talking through
0: free agency, like guard wasn't necessarily a position we were focused on. And I think that for whatever reason when we were looking at the draft or whatever like there were some guard sized guys that we discussed and I don't know I mean that's going to be an interesting subplot moving forward into free agency and and who who's going to be there um I was working on pulling up my list
1: so the two guys that I immediately thought of which we've mentioned before Gary Harris we talked about that in our last podcast about Melton Insurance almost He's a six four guard who can defend, plays really hard, was pretty good for Denver until he got hurt, and then he's kind of never been the same since. But he did shoot a really good percentage from three last year playing with Orlando. And the other guy, Brantley, I'll let you take the reins on this because he's like your favorite free agent, is Lonnie Walker.
2: Yeah, I just I think that he could fill in and maybe be a little bit of an upgrade or just a different shot at a Melton-type player. It's kind of like, I think the melt and roll is needed, but we need someone who can show up when the moment matters in the selective minutes that he's going to get.
0: DeLon Wright was another free agent we discussed. Yep. Another guard who can
1: play Back multiple up point positions. guard and play maybe a little bit. But it does, if it's the bill, like, I'll kind of, like, I, I need to calm down with my negativity. I'll say that, but. If you think about what we're trying to put around Job, Bane, and Jaron, it's these versatile wing slash forwards that can do a little bit of everything and can create a little, shoot a little, and they're smart. And if you read anything about Roddy, literally that is his profile. And Laravia. And Laravia. Do a little bit of everything. They're both really good shooters. Jacob, you were saying that Roddy shot over 40% from three this past year. Is that correct? 43% 43% from three this past year. Um, LaRavia was at like 38%, so both are decent shooters. It seemed like Roddy had the ball in his hands just like literally all the time for Colorado State, um, so maybe he can create a little bit, playmake a little bit. Um I don't know. It's just going to be – our roster just looks so different than what I expected. And I also think these draft picks are so different than what I expected. And I think that's – I mean, I know nothing. Like, I literally know nothing. So I think I also need to remind myself of that is I don't have any inside track. I'm not watching these tapes. I'm not interviewing these guys. Clearly, Kleinman has a very good track record. And I think I'm literally telling myself this, that we need to trust him. I need to trust him until proven wrong.
0: Victor Oladipo, also a free agent. TJ Warren, we talked about, who can play the two if you really need him to, but he's 6'8". Uh, he'd be right in the in the lineup with these guys. But, yeah, to me it's like if it doesn't necessarily – like basketball now is becoming more and more positionless. It really matters a lot if you can do multiple things on the floor. Like you think about the two positions that are becoming the most, I guess you could say, like marginal And it's small point guards who can only play point guard and centers who can only play center. And that's their role. It's like those are the types of players. That's why Tyus Jones is in a weird position right now. He doesn't have this giant booming market. I mean, we'll see what happens with him. but It's because he's a pure point guard, and he's a great point guard. But, man, he can't necessarily. Like when he was in playing the two, we were always in a weird position defensively because it's like, gosh, I hope they don't take advantage of this. And same with centers. It's like if you if you have, you know, I don't know, name any, I don't know, JaVale McGee type, it's not like he can play the four. You know, it's it's so I think it's interesting that we are projecting this in the way that we're drafting, just in, in the way that we're getting guys that can truly potentially play two through four. Um and yeah, I mean, Jaron at the five is just gonna increasingly become more and more important, it seems like. Because it's not like we're gonna draft guys that are taller than him. Um, and it's going to be interesting too, how this informs like free agency, how it informs the Steven Adams deal, because he was a lot of, in a lot of the deals that we could match big salaries with. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we still have another week of this, uh, before free agency technically kicks off. Um, but man, this is super interesting. Definitely not what we were expecting, but I will say the initial shock of both the, these picks were, I mean, I think all of us sort of felt <laughs> kind of like, Oh, blindsided by we did not expect this. And as you watch more and more tape, who knows? I mean, they might not even be good. We'll see. You're right. And I think to be
1: determined. TBD. Because I always get frustrated with draft people that immediately grade. Like, again, I keep going back to this. Kevin O'Connor literally said a year ago that he would rather have LaMelo Ball than Ja. Like, if you ask him that again, and if he told you the same thing, then you would try to, you know, have him admit it. Um, cuz that's the craziest <laughs> thing you could ever say right like so you don't know you don't know um and i think surrounding again i'm going to repeat things i said so i'm just going to stop talking but i'm i'm really curious to see what happens next because people talked about you know before this whole process like hey there's no holes in the grizzlies roster everyone kept saying that right they just they can they can take a big swing on a guy they can take someone who they can, like, almost draft and stash a guy or something like that. Now that's flipped. Like, we kind of do have holes in our roster, right? Like, we just talked about the two-guard spot. Like, we have those holes, and now it looks like we need to fill it through free agency. And we clearly have the space. We have plenty of space to go out and do things for sure. Um, I think I think I'm just surprised, and I need to opened my mind a little well, bit. Well, this is also,
0: again, we've we mentioned this, but this is not only about this summer, it's about next summer, too. That's when Jaws Max kicks in. Uh, we have now about $10 million more million of space that we opened up through this trade. And uh, this is, I mean, Melton had a role on our team that was important but not necessary at all times, especially in the playoffs when he had his struggles. Uh, he was the one guy who was in just about all of our trades in our off season podcasts. So it really is not surprising to see Melton gone. What is surprising is is the trade that he was ultimately in. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I was saying to these guys, I don't know how I'm sh- I'm sure that Kleiman called around to everyone and was felt that this was the best deal. And so We'll see how it goes. Um, the Grizzlies still, is, as of right now, have a second-round pick. It probably won't be for another couple hours, so I'm not sure if we're going to record when that selection is made. But um, we'll see. I'm still campaigning for Andrew Nimhard. We'll see where he falls.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but it seems like this definitely clears the way for Kyle Anderson to go elsewhere. Agreed. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it just this really – Seems like that's not, you know, he's not going to be back with us. Because if he is, then, man, we just literally drafted, like, four of him. It seems like. Ty Ty Washington at 29. Went to Houston.
0: Interesting. Interesting. All right.
1: Well, we'll have more. We'll have more on this. And what do y'all think? I just want to ask you, like, what do you think? Um, just gut reaction. Because y'all know how I feel.
0: My gut reaction is... It was not how I expected tonight to go, but I am less concerned now with seeing the fruits of this draft and more concerned with seeing the fruits of free agency. Like, the draft now, to me, seems way less important than I thought it would be in our offseason so plans. So, what
1: do you think our front offices... Brantley, I'll let you go first. What do you think, like, the goal of these two picks were then? Like, if both – we felt like they were – we, personally, which, again, we know nothing, feel like they were reaches. And you just – Will, you were kind of mentioning, like, maybe the draft doesn't mean it. Well, then what was, like, moving up for? What was trading Milton? F- you know, like, what what do you all view that as? Just, like, the goal of the draft, the point of the draft, stuff like that.
2: I think there's a chance they really liked Laravia and they're gonna move up to get him. I think I think the you know, the Melton trade piece of this is more about getting off of Melton and getting a guy that you sort of like at that spot, regardless of whatever. Regardless of where it was falling. And <clears throat> but I I do think that this 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 is setting up to be a roster at the start of the season that's just going to look role players are going to look very different. There's a you know, let's just say Kyle's definitely gone, Melton's gone, prob probability Tyus is gone. Those are three players that contributed a significant amount in the regular season to being, you know, the second best team at times in the NBA or the best team, you know. And so whether they're thinking they have to fill those roles this year, or it's setting up for, um, you know, maybe the next three to four years, I think that's that's left to be determined. But I think that they're doing stuff to set up for that and getting off of some mid middle sized contracts to be able to set up to make some moves. Mm-hmm. And these guys, I think, are, f- are going to fill some roles whether it's immediately or within 3 years that those guys filled and they sort of believe that we need in our system as a role player perspective. So I really think it's going to be I don't I don't know if we can necessarily say we know what's the impact for this next season is going to be with with these moves. I just think they're kind of small they're chipping away at things to do some resetting on the fringes, the fringes of positions Maybe even sixth or nine if something starts to happen with BC or some of these other the obvious areas of the roster that need to get that continue to get consolidated. It would surprise me to see a Tillman or BC moved in the next couple of weeks based on what we just did. Keep in mind our starting
0: lineup unchanged: Ja, Bain, Dylan, Darren, Stephen Adams. BC not gone. Zaire Williams still here. So you've got a top seven. You don't your point guard is in limbo right now. We'll see backup what happens with guard. that. Huh? Your backup point. Backup point, point guard. guard. Backup point guard. So I mean, you think about a playoff series, like if let's say Tyus ends up back, your top eight are there. And Melton was on the fringes of that anyway. So I mean, at the end of the day, we're still the same roster that won fifty six games and competed hard in the playoffs and we'll see what happens so that was going to be my next question are we worse I do not think we are worse the only thing that can make me a little bit hesitant is to see what happens with Tyus Jones Hmm. because I mean he was such an important piece and at this point now I'm wondering you know what happens I mean what happens with Tyus does this make it more or less likely that he's with us um Because a lot of these teams in the first round drafted guards. Detroit was one of them. Got their point guard, potentially. You know, um, Washington, whether or not – what's his name? Johnny Davis is a point guard or not.
2: We'll see. Um, Yeah, Tyus, if he's going to test the waters, he's sort of said he wants to try and start. If he doesn't get a clear starting role, I mean – he's in a great spot because he's going to get to play. Like jaw is just a player who's going to inevitably have some injuries most likely. And, you know, not saying that they're going to be season ending injuries, but he's going to get playing time in the regular season. Also, if you think about it, Melton's contract rolls off.
0: It's at about 8 million, uh, for this year and the next, let's say we sign Tyus to, you know, $10 ten million dollar deal over or give him the mid level, you know, that's potentially that Melton slot. You almost trading Melton for Tyus on the roster.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, within two million. Feels but, steep for a backup point guard when you have a guy like Ja. I'm saying at the top of his market. Sure. It's probably like the mid level. Yeah, it seems like it could be more of like the Delon Wright Right. Five million a year type thing or I don't know. Yeah, and I know we've yeah, it's just I think all of this always, and I have to remind myself, literally everything is to be determined when it comes to stuff like this. You never know who's going to pan out. I remember the year that the Hawks drafted DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. They were like two wings to flank Trey. It's going to be awesome. I'll also never forget when the Mavs traded for Tyrell Terry or picked Tyrell Terry at 31 and said he was going to be the Seth Curry replacement like immediately, if you all don't know. Tyrell Terry is on our G League roster. So that should just tell you how that pick turned out. So I think no one really knows. And I think I have to remind myself of that too.
0: Yep. I mean, all the emotions on this podcast. All the emotions. The, the ups and downs. Eh? The
1: uh, first round of the
0: draft is now officially wrapped up. That's probably going to wrap up what we have. Uh, we'll we'll talk through whoever the Grizzlies get in the second round as well as free agency on our next podcast. And that'll be the next time you hear from us. Um, but hey, do your studying up on Jake Laravia and, and Roddy, because I can assure you that none of you watched anything on them before this draft. I'm confident in that. So for Brantley, for Ty, I'm Will. Actually, you know what? We might get a little something from from Kraft here. He might send us a little recording. So you might get to hear from Kraft here at the end. Um, but thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Well, what a crazy NBA draft day! Uh, it was very different than what I was expecting for the Grizzlies, and um, and all the mock drafts seemed to be wrong. Uh, but because I was out of town, I was not able to join Will Ty and Brantley to watch the draft or record a pod with them. I'm still really sad about that. And, uh, and however, they were nice enough to let me give my quick reflections at the end uh, of a very long night, and I. So don't really know what their thoughts are, so I'm looking forward to hearing them soon. Uh, so hopefully, uh, my thoughts are not too repetitive. Although I would like uh, I don't want to disagree with them too much because then I would worry about being uh, wrong. And uh, but uh, but I look forward to hearing uh, what they had to say, and what their reactions were as the draft was unfolding. So officially, as I'm recording, uh, the Grizzlies have five new players. Uh, we traded basically twenty two and twenty nine, to Minnesota for uh, Jake Laravia. I'm probably gonna mispronounce all these names, by the way. Um, in a future second, uh, we traded DeAnthy Melton for Danny Green and the twenty third pick, which we took David Roddy. Uh, we moved up to take Kennedy Chandler at thirty eight for a future a second round pick to the Spurs. And then we just kept our 47th pick and selected uh, Vince Williams, Jr., um, who all signs point to him being a two-way. And then at the end of the draft, we also had Woj uh, Tech uh, tweet that we signed Kenny Lofton, Jr. to a two-way contract. So basically, we came away with Jake Laravia, um, David Roddy, and Kenny Chandler, um, and then it looks like Vince William with our uh, 47th pick and Kenny Lofton Jr. are going to be two ways. So uh, before I give uh, my kind of take, uh, I just want to say the, the funniest thing to me is how we all grade drafts when we know nothing. Um, that last year, uh, everyone seemed to want us to draft uh, book night and thought Zaire was a huge reach. And, and, all, and those opinions look very dumb now. Um, Book Knight barely played last year. Um, he might still have a good career, but Zaire is, looks very promising. Everybody's very excited about seeing what he's going to do next year. We're excited about watching him in Summer League here in a couple weeks. Um, and so you really can't judge a draft uh, for probably three to five years as far as the players you draft. Um, you can judge a draft if they if you want immediate help and they don't immediately help you. Um, but the difference this year, of course, um, and, and with that, is that we are contenders now. So while I appreciate sort of uh, the long term outlook that our front office seems to always take, uh, we are now in win. Um, uh, we are now in, in win now mode. Like we are contenders, and so we need to go for it. So we came into the draft uh, kind of looking at it as a value perspective. We came to the draft with two first rounders and one second rounder. They see 22, 29, 47. We gave up Melton, but picked 19, 23, 38, and 47. So basically, without giving up any additional first-round picks um, or any players but Melton, um, we were able to basically move up from 22 to 19, move up from 29 to 23, we were able to, in a sense, move up from 47 to 38, but then also keep our 47th pick. And the only major asset we gave up was Melton. That was it. That feels like very good value to me when it comes to the draft and how our front office works. It just feels like we are constantly seemingly moving up in the draft and not really giving up as much for it. Again, losing no future draft assets. We still have all our first-round picks going forward. We still have the Warriors pick. Um, before I get to the players we drafted, I have to say losing Melton sucks. Uh, I loved Melton. He was a winning player. I think I probably had the highest opinion of Melton in the Grizz podcast world. And, um, and I totally understand that many are going to be upset about it. I'm still a little upset about it, Honestly. I also think he always seems lower on the rotation than much of Grizz fandom wanted him to be. And a lot of Grizz Twitter, uh, Fast Break Breakfast, other people, uh, very much wanted him to be playing more. Uh, Chris Harrington as well. And it felt like Jenkins struggled to trust him for whatever reason, uh, whether he sometimes messed up plays, wasn't where he's supposed to be. Uh, He never, uh, in three years, never really had a breakout playoff game uh, anyway, or, or a breakout game in the bubble. Um, though I know of course that he was still a positive player, even though it didn't seem like he was always playing well, he was always a positive player. And that was one of the things we loved about him. He always was doing something. So while I hate to see players I like in her really good go, I also realize that it seems pretty clear that Melton was not part of the future and the front office and coaching staff, obviously valued um, getting off his longer contract to draft another player. And obviously feels like maybe the players we have, Zaire, Santiago, Dama, um, the players we're going to get in free agency, the players we just drafted um, are eventually going to outproduce him. They're going to be better for us than Malibu was. Um, And of course, we're going to look back and judge this trade, depending on how all this stuff shakes out. And, you know, and right now it looks like a long-term move um that might cost us in the short term. And as someone who wants us to possibly win a title next year, that is going to be very hard for me to swallow um if uh we look back and think, man, we we really could have used Belton next year and instead we we gave him away to get you know future assets to get uh to get these players that might work out in the future. That's gonna be hard for me. But for now, I'm gonna trust the Grizzlies long term strategy and wait until after free agency to judge whether the Grizzlies are taking uh, a big, um, you know, short-term gamble for next year by trading Melton, you know, for a rookie. As, as I do not expect um, Danny Green, by the way, who who's not traded to contribute much next season in any way. Um, I think we'll probably um, waive him in some sense or maybe use him in a trade. Uh, but, uh, but I don't expect him to be on the team next year. So, um, but I do, like I said, I think we might use our cap space in free agency to upgrade uh, the Melton role to a player, to a free agent, to be named later. Time will tell. Also want to say um, and another shout out to Grizz Culture, and, and Brantley actually brought this point up in a, in a text uh, to me and others, but we continue to trade our guys to good situations. Melton gets to go to a contender in the Eastern Conference of Philadelphia I think he'll be great for them. Um, I look forward to watching him on League Pass uh, play for the 76ers. You know, but I love that the Grizzlies going all the way back to Colleen Gasol um, and then you have Grayson, JV, Jay Crowder, etc. We tend to trade our guys to good situations and and to playoff teams. And I think that's a great thing about uh, our front office. I'm sure we would trade, I guess, players to bad teams uh, if, if the trade was just too good to pass out. But I like that, I think, we treat our players well, um, and we and I think we do a good job of putting them in good situations for them. Okay, so um, going back, and it's kind of a shift here. Uh, Will tweeted uh, the Grizzlies' needs a few weeks ago, and we actually talked about this on our two, uh, two-parter offseason season podcast. Uh, but he said we need secondary self-creation. Uh, we need size and shooting. We need defensive versatility around Jaw. We need more rebounding because that tends to be a weakness of Jaren. Uh, we need a backup point guard. And then he always said maybe because we thought, you know, maybe we don't need to that, make that a major need. And I'll say that the losing Melton, uh, we lose a little bit of defensive versatility and we lose a little bit of rebounding. Uh, but uh, we definitely hit many of these needs with our draft picks tonight, I think, at least by their college profiles. All our picks um, are good defenders, or at least above average defenders. Uh, size and shooting was a big one. Our four picks, um, you know, are, are all uh, all but one are good sized. Uh, they all shoot over thirty eight percent from three. Um, even Kenny Chandler, who some don't always think of as being great shooter, shot very well from three. And uh, you know, Laravia is six eight. Um, and uh, Roddy is, is only 6'6", but he is large in size, similar to Bane. I think his, uh, his size, uh, sort of kind of looking like a football player, makes up for the fact that he's not as tall. Um, he's sort of like a taller Bane, honestly. Mm-hmm. And Lovia, I know, in particular, looks to be like a great playmaker as well. Um, go find highlights of his passing on YouTube um, or Twitter. They're very fun. Um, I'm very excited about both our first, uh, our two first round picks. Uh, they are, I think, are Grizzlies players. They fit our culture. Um, and they're scorers with some playmaking ability, which I feel like is one of our big needs. They both seem like players that can help uh, replace, especially Kyle Anderson's production. Now, again, obviously, they're going to be rookies. So they're not going to be as good as Kyle Anderson most likely next year, but they will actually space the floor which I think is something that we always struggle with with Kyle Anderson. We always talk about the frustration of like, he'll get the ball and the, the home crowd is groaning because they know he's wide open for a reason. Um, and, uh, and, and yet here are guys who might be able to have that Kyle Anderson type of filling up the stat sheet, but they will actually uh, shoot it well from three. And, as far as Kennedy Chandler goes, I think I'll admit that I rolled my eyes at sort of the local media love fest around Kennedy Chandler. Um, I can get often frustrated um, with a lot of Memphis talk radio and and who tends who a uh, many uh, journalists who tend to be college basketball people and always seem to like uh, want to talk you know want hope that the Grizzlies will draft local kids or college basketball players they know um, and and often you know. Don't really understand the NBA game much. Um, and I also think, uh, you know, because of Kennedy's size, I was a little reluctant to look at him um, because I don't think he'll be able to play with jaw much because that's just a really small backcourt. Um, but he did shoot it well. Um, he's an elite defender, which is a huge deal because, again, defensive versatility around jaw, um, the fact that we can bring in a point guard who is an elite defender, unlike jaw, could be very fun. Um, he's also just a fun player. He's a really good player. He's fun. Anybody who watches NC basketball um, knows that. And I have no problem grabbing him in the second round. I think that is great value. Um, he's just a too good of a player. And and as you know, if you follow like Instagram or anything, he has a great relationship with Jaw. Um, they know each other. Jaw sort of um, you know talks about mentoring him. And so I think Jaw is very happy with this pick. Uh, so I would n- well, not have used a first rounder on him. I love that we got uh, that we got Kennedy, um, you know, as our potential future backup point guard in the second round. I just think that's great value, great pick where it was. Um, I'm excited about that, um, and, and you know, and the Memphis to me is very excited that we have a Memphis kid coming to the Grizzlies. Uh, I don't, by the way, don't think that necessarily this means Tyus is gone, um, because I'd be surprised again if the Grizzlies. Made a pick like this, and then expected him to really produce as a rookie next year um, in especially highly tense playoff situations. Um, I know it'd only be eight to ten minutes, but that is a big deal, and I don't I still don't think the Grizzlies would put that on a rookie, but we'll see uh, and then Vince Williams, which I don't know as much about, he just seems like another good player who is one of the top players in his conference. The Grizzlies love these conference players of the year, these first-team all-conference guys. He also shoots it well, obviously, above 38% from three, fills up the stat sheet, seems like does you know smart, high basketball IQ. Um, but again, I really expect that he and Kenny Lofton Jr. are going to be two-way players getting reps with the Memphis Hustle. I don't expect to see much of Vince Williams Jr. other than summer league and then preseason. So, One reason I'm optimistic about this draft is that we drafted to fill some needs uh, that, you know, again, looking at all our stuff, we were top in the league in almost every category this year, but shooting, we were terrible in shooting. And it was always one of those questions of, well, what happens if we actually could shoot well, just how amazing would we be? And we drafted a bunch of shooters. And I just really like that. I really love that we drafted a bunch of shooters who are going to help space the floor Um, because that is you know that translates if you shoot really well in college you're gonna shoot really well in the NBA I also love that we moved up to get players I think it shows that we target guys and go get them Uh, we don't just pick the best guy available we go into drafts the plan and we execute it and I think that buys me a lot of trust uh, especially with their track record which has been great at drafting players you know so much of, of Grizz draft history, and if you've been with the Grizz from the beginning, was reacting to what was going on. It was never being proactive. It was also our GMs complaining that the guy they wanted got picked right before uh, their pick or, or that they were picking between two guys. And then they end up picking the wrong guy. And then you have all these leaks come out after which people they wanted more. And all these like this infighting between the coaching staff, the front office. It was just, it's just terrible. This was the Grizz drafting history that we grew to just hate. But we're a great front office now, and we get the people we want, and we're going to make mistakes. And we may have already made mistakes. You know, we haven't seen yet a ton from Sante Aldama. We're going to make mistakes because everybody does. Nobody, you know, hits it 100% of the time. But I love our process. I love that we go and get guys. You know, that we don't wait around for this player or that player to drop to us. We go and get them. and I love that. And so with that, um, you know, I'm positive. I'm excited about this draft. Uh, I'm, I can't wait for Summer League. Uh, but quickly, I just want to address, you know, what I'm sure to be some complaints about coming out of this draft, some nerves coming out of the draft. Um, one, um, you know, one big complaint will be we could have gotten these first two round picks. Um you know, we could have waited. We didn't need to go move up to get these guys. They would have dropped to us. They weren't, you know, neither one of them were in the green room. And, and I'll just say, we don't know that. We don't know that. We we don't, we have no idea what the intel was. Um, you know, all the mock drafts were horribly wrong all night. They didn't even, you know, they didn't even get the top three right. Nobody knew where anybody was going to pick. And, and for whatever reason, the Grizzlies thought, our guys available. We need to go up and get them, or somebody else will. And we went and got our guys. And again, we were able to move up in the draft without giving up any major assets, except for De'Anthony Mountain. Like we didn't lose any future for future first or anything like that. And yet, we still were able to move up and get our guys. And I and I love that. And we don't know. We don't know what their intel is, and we'll never know. But they got the guys that they think you know deserve to be their first round picks. Uh, another thing I read, which was really annoying, read it from one of the blogs, uh, a couple of different blogs, talking about the picks were redundant. That we just that we got several wings, you know, and and I just think uh, I have no respect for this opinion. Um, you know, you can never have good, enough good wings. If you look at the playoffs at all, I mean, there are times when it's basically like one guard and four wings, or maybe one forward and four wings. Like you can never have a good a good uh, enough good wings. You can never have enough good playmaking um, wings and good shooting wings. And I feel like we went out and got um, two uh, good productive wings, maybe three with Vince William too. We got three uh, college players who produced well from that position with size, shot it well. And we got a point guard who shot it well, um, placed his position as well. And so I don't think the picks were redundant. I think we addressed some needs. And again, Also, you know what? We got we got three shots at getting a really great wing. One of those three develop into an elite role player, it'll be a great draft. So hopefully, hopefully all three of them are great. So uh, but the picks were definitely not, not done, in my opinion. And then I think the biggest thing that's gonna be hard is we basically gave up Melton for a late first round pick. And that feels like a bad move for a contender like we are to give up, you know, to give away a rotation player. And a really good rotation player at that because Melton is really good. And to that, I'll say let's wait and see. Um, first of all, uh, we have a bunch of cap space to sign a free agent, and it could be we moved Melton knowing that he probably wouldn't, may not even be in the rotation next year. Um, we have some of our inner developed guys like Zagir, who are going to play more minutes, and and it could be that it's like you know what we're we have a guy we really like. We're going to go, you know, we're going to give up Melton to get him get this first round pick, you know, before Melton's value tanks even more. We'll see. You know, that's you know, that's, that we'll see if that's the case. It may not be. Second, uh, this year was a return to form for the Grizzlies in some ways. Uh, last year, we made more long-term moves uh, with moving, you know, getting rid of JD JV to move up. We drafted two upside, uh, you know, kind of made kind of two upside swings in Zaire and Santi. Uh, young players that have not really proven much on the college level. But this year we, we went back to our previous drafts of, of Bain and Tillman and Tilly and Clark and Conchar, you know, proven college guys, guys that have produced. We did that with three of our four picks this year, proven productive college players. You know, only Chandler, uh, only Kennedy Chandler was a one and done. So again, I don't know if I expect any of them to replace Melton's production, uh, you know, this next season, but I do think many of them can play right away and be in the regular season rotation and help us similar to Clark and Bain, their, their, uh, rookie seasons. Uh, I also think, you know, again, the Grizzlies trust in their player development. I think they trust that, that maybe Santi and especially Zaire was going to take a lot, a lot of minutes from Melton. And, um, And so I still expect, by the way, some moves in free agency to address their needs and replace Mount's production So again, I'm going to wait and see before lamenting the mountain move or judging this trade. Because again, uh, the Grizzlies have a habit of making what seems like long-term moves, uh, but then continuing to get better in the short term as well. So I'm going to wait and see on that. And so kind of to sum up, I love our front office. I love their swagger. Always moving up to get who they want. I love it. I think we, you know, continue to get good value for our assets. That we turned three picks into four picks. And three of the four, you know, were superior to the picks we started out with. Um, I also love that we get good basketball players who can fit into what we do and fill some needs. Uh, I love that we got more shooting. I love that we got more shooting. That's like my favorite part. Um, But I hate that we lost about And I'll wait until free agency to judge the front office for that. Um, because it seems like a long-term move with great short-term risk. Um, but I'm still expecting that we're going to replace Melton through free agency. That's all I got. Um, thanks again uh, to, the, to uh, Ty, Will, and Brantley for letting me do this. Thanks.